to another episode of the Balcony Chatter Podcast. I believe this is 26. Um, or Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 26. But So we got a few things to talk about. I figure that this, this episode will start with the Celtics game, if you want to call it that. Scrimmage. Scrimmage, okay. Uh, I but think I, scrimmage I'm, is a good name for it. That's how I, they seem to approach it. <laughs> that's kind of what I was hinting at was they didn't seem to uh, – do too hot. Jalen Brown showed showed up. That was about it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason we, Tatum was abysmal. We were Kemba-less. Yep. Kemba we, rocking the mask on the sideline, promoting good uh, behavior. Nice. Um, do you have any pros from that game before you get into the cons real quick? Jalen Brown. Okay. Uh, Tremont Waters, people were saying, looks pretty good, too. Um that's about it. Oof. I thought Tice looked lost. Um, Marcus, Marcus looks a few steps away. Like they, some people looked like, I can see how they turn around. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday against the uh, Suns. But I mean, I, I suppose that's the whole point of the scrimmages, right? To get people back into the games. And you didn't expect anybody to be superstar caliber, did you? No. Um, it was nice to see Robert Williams out there, but you know he's got a long way to go as well. I do think he'll find his way into the rotation throughout these eight games coming up. Um, as I said in the last couple episodes, I've been watching the the Last Dance. So with watching, well, where are you that, at now? I, I'm I have like two episodes left, so I'm pretty okay. close to being done. How but, how amazing was the Dennis Rodman? Oh, it was, it, it's unreal. He, he's such a character. He's just such a, like, I mean, we all knew that he was crazy, but going into... The way into, he breaks down a rebound, rebound, though, he's literally, he's a genius, you know? Well, that's what I mean. He's, like, like, he, he's crazy, but he's a genius. You think that he's crazy, but in basketball, he is a, he is a genius. Like, he... Yeah. Th- there's nobody, I mean... Memorizing a, a, angles yeah. of ha- where it's going to bounce when it hits the rim how, and also being able to decipher how it's going to hit the rim, even though you're probably only seeing it the few... Like three feet in, you, sometimes you're not even watching the whole shot. I imagine, whatever. And him, you know, the way that he memorized like certain players too. It's like I know if I'm playing this guy, I got to go this way. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's like, it, from a basketball standpoint, he was incredible. I mean, obviously yeah. he he's a he's a character off the court, but you can't take that away from him on the court that he is just a, a mastermind when it comes to that. So, and how Jordan went from you know. He was the absolute enemy. Jordan still hates Isaiah, but he wanted Rodman from those days. Yeah, know? yeah. Incredible amount of respect. But just just wanted to talk a little bit about that love. Just love the last dance. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, just just watching it has made me want basketball back even more. Yep. So I'm kind of in that in that uh, you know mindset right now. So I'm looking forward to more of the the games coming up. So I um, it's interesting. My my hot take. I don't know if it's hot. I actually haven't checked if anyone else is complaining about this, but uh, I hate that there's like they're like there's like sixty mics under the floor, and I hate the sound of it. Really? Yeah. I don't know I, if the alternative is worse, but yeah, I I, I did not. I think it's it's weird. It just it feel, be- everyone feels muted. It, it feels like I'm under the floor. Yeah. Are you gonna play it with no sound from now on? Uh, no, because we got Scal and Mike, you know, and it's it was great to have Scal and Mike back. Um, I will say, I do want to call out, I, I did think it was, uh, 
it was a little weird how NBC Sports cut off that question with uh, NBC Sports Boston cut off that question with Jalen Brown. Um, it was just weird with like the NBA promoting how everyone's going to have a voice and the reporter specifically asking him something he didn't bring it up, and then they still cut away from it. It was just like it seemed counterintuitive to what the NBA is saying their message is in this return in terms hmm. of uh, players talking about social justice. It just it, it was a bad look in my opinion. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, we actually we we have seen some of that. I mean, w- with baseball coming back too, we saw a lot of players wearing Black Lives Matter, a lot of you yeah. know ownership and stuff too. I mean, which is really cool that that you know this is really the first time that these sports have come back to. They've they've been able to say what they want to say on social media. We, we've talked about you know Enos and and other players being at protests specifically. Um, but this is really the first time that they're in front of the world on TV being able to speak their mind or promote whatever they feel they need to promote. And I think it's cool that um, it is being done and whether or not it's being done the way that it should be sometimes, you know, like they don't allow everything to be seen, but it it is good that it's out there and that it's getting some recognition and that players are able to wear what they want to wear and stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't notice any of the name changes yesterday. I was kind of looking, but yeah. not not fully. I don't know if that's like not rolled out yet, or if it's a warm ups thing. I don't know. But I'm um, not sure either. I was un- I was under the impression they were going to wear that throughout, right? Um, even down to tra- I I know Tremont Waters had selected something, and I believe Marcus Smart as well, and they both had their normal last names on the jerseys yesterday. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we're at with that, but basketball's back, and it was fun to watch. That Celtics team was not fun to watch. <laughs> uh, they stunk. I actually was like, "Oh yeah, everyone's going to sit their starters." And I have, you know, I think pretty highly of our G League guys who are, you know, teetering on the borderline of G League guys. And I don't know, we, the Oklahoma City bench just throttled us after the starters throttled us. So it was a pretty rough one-two punch. Well, good thing to learn from, I suppose. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, I could see Brad being like, just forget about that. <laughs> good God. Yeah. Uh, that's not us. I mean, it's just I'm sure it's just good for them to get out on the floor, and I think it is absolutely crucial that all these teams get these three games going in. It's it's That's, that's just better for the fan because, like, if some of these games were, you know, there was this, like, possession in the Celtics game where it was just, like, so – awful and then it ended with an alley-oop and it was just like what the hell just happened (laughs) (laughs) like we didn't deserve that like i don't know um it it's just good that they're not shaking off the cobwebs in meaningful games which is the nhl technically just doing that are they doing what they're just like they're go all systems go right. There's no preseason, is there? No, there's a couple exhibition games. Oh, we okay. play a fir- we play well at least one that I know of. I mean, we play against um, Columbus before we play any of the round robin games. Okay, that's right. And I guess I suppose that the round robin games for us are sort of preseason to the playoffs, right? I mean, you are still playing for for seeding, which is very important, but it's not like you go into the first round and if you lose, you're out. So. I mean, we do get a little bit of warm-up if you look at it that way. But, um, but I mean, I wish there was better or more things to talk about with the Celtics, but hopefully there will be after the next couple games and once we really get into this thing. And um, we've done a lot of talk about the, the bubble recently, so I figured we would kind of shift gears here a little bit and talk about 
um, the NHL and the NHL bubble a little bit and see yeah. um, what we have because that's coming up here very soon as well. I'm excited, man. We're about to have um, everything back. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the Bru- I think the exhibition game is is next week. Um, I want to say that it is. I could be wrong. I want to say the 28th, but it's the 30th. Sorry, it's against Columbus, um, but it is on the 30th. So I mean, we got a game coming up this week. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But what I thought we would do today, since we're kind of rolling with the the guests that we've been doing recently. Um, I figured that we would call uh, one of my friends that is an Islander season ticket holder. Um, he, unfortunately for him, is an Islander season ticket holder, but we'll let him defend himself uh, when we give him a call. So I figured that we'll do that now and see if we can get him on the line. Awesome. All right. Hey, what's going on? Yo, Grambo. So... You are live on the Balcony Chatter podcast. Um, oh, yeah. So just to give you guys a little bit of an idea of who we're talking to, um, this is Anthony Grambo. He is from the band Resistor. Uh, longtime Islander season ticket holder, as I said just before we gave him a call. Um, and again, unfortunately for him, he's a longtime Islander season ticket holder. But we'll let him kind of, you know, I, I actually that was one of the first things I wanted to ask you was, how long have you been an Islander season ticket holder? Seven. Well, if you include this year, uh, 17 years. 17 years. 17 years. 17 long, long years. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've seen a lot. I mean, you, you unfortunately didn't get to witness the four Stanley Cups, which, I mean, it's, it's a feat that we, you know, we have to at least talk about for a minute is that the Islanders won four Cups in a row. It's not that you said that they won four cups in their franchise history. They won four in a row, and that's something that you absolutely have to give them credit for. If even though that you know there hasn't been a whole lot of glory after that. Well, fortunately, recently we we've been turning it around, and they're still following the format of what would made them so successful back in the day, which is good to see. Um, I mean, besides winning the four cups in a row, what they did there becoming a team in 1972 and then in 1980, you're already going on your first Stanley Cup run, and then they went to a fifth in 1983-84. So, I mean, it's pretty cool what they did. I mean, they, they drafted the whole way through. They didn't do the whole typical, like, let's buy everybody, you know, like the Rangers. But, you know, just to be able to do that where you're the underdog completely and be able to achieve such a feat like that, that's, that's insane, you know? Yeah. And it hasn't been done like that. I mean... Nowadays in the NHL, you see exactly where it's going, where the players are just taking all the money away and they're destroying that dynasty era where they can do, like the Blackhawks. And, you know, it's it's good to see where it was a team where it was cap-friendly and it was also basically all through the draft and it was all their homegrown players. So hopefully that's what they're doing now. If you look at the majority of the Islanders' roster right now, it's the majority of them is, you know, they started in Bridgeport, they were drafted by the Islanders and, if not, then they've been longtime Islanders at this point now. I mean, including your boy Chuck. I mean, he's been here for almost seven years now. Yeah, I, so. I, I was just going to say that. So, obviously, Tim and I will know Johnny Boychuk very well. Uh, I mean, we had a Johnny lot of, Boychuk. Yeah, we had a lot of great years watching Johnny Boychuk and wish that that trade never happened. I'm Absolutely. still bitter. Yeah. I'm still bitter that it happened. I'll go, I live out in L.A., and I'll, I'll go to Islanders-Kings games just to see the boy. Yeah, you know, unfortunately for me, when I went to the Islanders-Kings game this past year out in L.A., that's 
my little winning streak that we had in California ruined it for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was right. heartbreaking. Travel six hours on a plane just to watch him lose three games in a row. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> not fun, especially after. At least the Staples Center has awful food options as well. <laughs> I What I actually enjoyed, though, was the pond. I did not think that that place was going to be as cool as it was. That team store is immaculate. Probably one yeah. of the coolest places I've ever seen. Yeah. So. One of the main reasons that I wanted to talk to you today was because I want to get your take on this whole NHL bubble situation and kind of see what you think or what your vibe is on the whole thing and whether or not you think it's going to work out, whether or not you think that um, it's going to fall apart. I I mean, to me personally, it doesn't, you know, they seem to have a lot of things in place to, um, to keep everybody safe and whatnot, but I worry that they're going so they travel tomorrow we're we're recording this on Saturday the 25th and they travel all tomorrow to Toronto and Edmonton whichever team you're listening for you know you're you're rooting for but that doesn't give a lot of time in between travel and getting to the hotel and dealing with anybody in between there that potentially if you get covid it doesn't give you a lot of time to to um recover from that because what what the NBA did was they've been in the bubble for a long time prior to actually playing any games. Yeah. And they, they all just passed started playing the, like, yeah, past the quarantine stage. Right. Together. So with the, the NHL going in there for a couple of days before games, what happens if somebody were to get it and it was going to, you know, go through the entire NHL. And then like for the Bruins, it's like they could drive to Toronto and they're, they're still taking a charter flight and that, that just feels more risky. I, I don't know. I think what they're doing is actually probably the smartest thing out of any of the professional sports, if you ask me. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a huge hockey fan, but it's for the fact that you actually see exactly what they're doing. They're following almost the same exact steps that the UFC was taking. So their whole time that they have all these fights going on, there was one person that they caught that was there, and they were able to remove him out of the place before he you know, spread the disease anywhere. And also um, they caught uh, Gilbert Burns right before you know, the fight even started. So actually what they're doing here, they're going to be testing multiple times before they even enter that bubble. And I think, you know, out of them, you know, hockey players are tend to listen a little bit more. Like the MLB, I think that's a disaster what they're doing right now. The fact that they're not in a bubble and they're traveling from arena to arena, even with the no players, like the no fans there. Right. That's just bound for something to happen. Yeah. And then the NBA, they're, uh, I love my Knicks, but they're terrible, but, you know, they, they Hey, congrats on Thibodeau. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. When New York coming <laughs> here, they're, they're they're not too happy about that. <laughs> yeah, let's hope he doesn't uh, you know break some of your young guys into the ground. Oh yeah, like you know the coach that's known to hate young players is you know going to teach a coach a team of young players. So, yeah, I don't know. That's going to be a disaster. But speaking of the NBA, though, like I mean the stuff that they're, they're just doing whatever the hell they want, and you know ordering people to come into the bubble, hanging out with girls, and ordering food in when they're told not to. So that's, that's like a disaster waiting to happen over there. But I think it's more known that hockey players do listen a lot more. And it, it's just like, there's, it's just something about the culture in hockey that it's, they listen to the coaches. So it's, I think what, what's going to happen in there, like once they, they get in situated in those bubbles and they're not allowed to leave after that, I, I think it should be fine. But at the same time, you know, it's like little steps forward to getting a little bit better. But also, at least they're also not playing in Orlando where, you know, everything all crazy.
crazy over there now. So yeah, that's right. kind of yeah, being in Canada. I mean, the MLS is already a huge miles like better. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty to the point that Toronto, the the Blue Jays aren't even allowed to play in their own home. They have to be based out of Buffalo this year. Yeah, because, Buffalo you know, Blue Jays. Canada, Canada is taking better better steps into you know everything to making everyone safer over here. It's a little bit of a problem. So the fact that they're going up there to Canada, it's pretty smart and they're also staying away from a hot zone right now so yeah you know i I feel like it's gonna work and the the players that did get it already or you know they're all doing a lot better now and you know they're back with the teams and they're testing more frequently and they're gonna gonna listen over there so it's i mean at that point like if you're in edmonton like what else are you gonna do you know you're there yeah right stuck there i I think the whole city is a bubble itself regardless (laughs) of of the virus or not so let's let's gear this a little bit more towards the Islanders right now. I'm curious because I don't even know who you have as your first opponent. For us, we have uh, Florida. We have the Panthers. You have Florida. So, okay. So I I mean it's a tricky matchup because it's like one of those teams where you know everyone over overlooks you know because they're seen as like a you know not that group. I don't I don't know how to explain this one. So like the, the one I'm saying is like I'm I'm confident about going in there. But I'm also a little bit nervous because they will give us a run for our money, and it all depends on Bob Rossi if he really, you know, turns it on or he continues the way he was the entire season. But he also had three months off, so you, you never know what's going to happen. Like some players that were hot before everything happened could be completely cold now, and some people players that were cold can be completely hot now. So it, it, I think for every single team right now, it's possible in the air, and it's just, it's just depending on like which goaltenders decide to be hot in these series. So Varlamov, I'm not too sold on him, and I know why he's here. Um, I, I just don't know. Defensively, we're going to be fine. Scoring, we always had a problem this year. I don't know why, but they tend to turn it on during the playoffs. But goaltending, I'm a little, you know, I, I was a little bit more confident with that Leonard Rice combination. But well, the other the other thing that I will agree with you with them turning it on in the playoffs has a lot to do as you know, with playing at home and with the crowd and stuff like that. That, that is a huge part for the Islanders. Oh, ginormous part. That's, you know, we kind of got screwed with that last year. You know, we're like, what other teams you hear that you have to play one series at the Coliseum and the next right. round you're playing at Barclays Center, it's just almost nobody. Cause, I mean, I, as we spoke about this many times, like, and I know people like to rip on us for like, the fans not going to Barclays Center. It is a nightmare to get to Barclays Center. And it's not even just because of the distance or anything. The the LIR, the way that it's, you know, the placement to get over there, it's just a complete disaster. There was a game, it was a one o'clock game, and I left my house at 8.30 in the morning, and I still showed up late to the game. It's just a disaster. Yeah, so if you don't live in in Brooklyn, then you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, I mean, what it is over here, it's like there's connecting trains. So, if, uh, you know, people that are listening right now. So, from Long Island to get into the other boroughs, there's multiple ways to get in. There's subways, there's cars, you can take the other things. And the LIRs, I mean, source of transportation from Long Island to basically the city. So, in order to get to Brooklyn, you have to transfer a train over. And that train is usually, you know, you have like four minutes to get on that train. But the train that gets there usually shows up 15, 20 minutes late. So, you're already missing that train. And when it shows up, there's at least four trains of people from all different areas of Long Island getting over that stop. And it's always just one single train going to Brooklyn. So you're fitting almost the entire arena of fans into one single train. I think I've seen people get trampled. People weren't able to get on the train. 
There was one game, I think it was an Islander Ranger game, and the entire arena was empty until the second the second period. Wow. Only because of the train system. It's it's just crazy. And so you know, if you're dealing with that, like especially if you're coming way out in Suffolk County, which is, you know, even further than me, it's it's gonna travel three and a half hours just to get to a game when it's like a thirty minute drive. It, it it's crazy. Yeah. But that's why hopefully the whole Belmont thing fixes everything and you know, they're listening to the fans and listening to how it's better and uh, no more thirty minute wait for the bathroom. So <laughs> hopefully that's gonna be better. Yeah, I mean you got that brand new stadium opening what in not next season, the season after? Yeah, the season after. And it's looking beautiful already, right off the side of the highway. Yeah, I saw some of the renderings and the pictures of what it's supposed to look like. And, you know, as much as I love going to the Coliseum and I wish that they would play there forever, I know um, it'll be really cool to see them get a new stadium and a more permanent home for, you know, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, basically being an Islander fan was tough. Like, we were nomads for the longest time. I mean, it was a ticking time on to 2015 when we knew we were going to get kicked out of the arena. And then we didn't know where we were going to go. Then Brooklyn happened, and that was a disaster. Yeah. And, it's, you know, they're trying to change the culture and everything and adding weird goal horns and the owners fighting with – not the owners of the owners, but the owners of Barclays are fighting with the fans and the fans fighting with them. And there's, and then you go back to the Coliseum, and then you have to split games between the Coliseum and there, and then the playoffs are split. It's like we, we never had a sure chance to win. Like last year, that was uh, – I'm a little, still a little spiteful on that, just knowing the fact that a team shouldn't have to do that. You know, that that just completely ruined our mojo. Right. And, you know, after sweeping the Penguins, it's, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking when you get swept by Carolina right after that because you're completely changing the ice and you're losing your home ice advantage. So what are you going to do? It's the Islanders. <laughs> it's it's tough, man. I mean, and, and that's why I mentioned it before is that this season it's not really, you know, and I know that this is pretty even playing field for everybody, even – kind of for Toronto seeing as they don't get to just go home after games, but um, there, there are no fans. I mean, they can play as much crowd noise as they want, but everybody knows that there's no fans. I mean, it is, it is what it is. It's just going to have, it's going to be the weirdest postseason that we've ever seen. And hopefully the only time we ever see something like this happen. Um, Did you also see like the way that they're going to present it on television or the way they're going to present it in the arena? It's pretty cool. Like having the, the screens all around. Yeah. There. Yeah. So, I mean, it's at least going to take that awkwardness away where you just see emptiness. Right. So, at least it's, it's going to bring some interaction and some motivation and stuff. So, I mean, it's like a weird time where they're trying to do the best they can with what they got. Exactly. And I feel, I mean, I'd rather what, they're, what I've seen, what they're going to do is a lot better than, you know, weird cutouts of people in the stands. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that Chipper. You speaking of those cutouts, did you see today with uh, the Mets played against the Braves, and it was a cutout right behind home plate of Chipper Jones. He bought a cutout <laughs> of himself. He's been retired for so long, he's still trolling the Mets. Yo, remember when? Remember when uh, Fifty Cent bought like all of the tickets to a Ja Rule show? I feel like that's something that he'll do with a with a Major yeah. League Baseball game. He'll do it's a just section. A section. He'll yeah. do a section at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So, I mean, we've talked about the, the going into the bubble and who you guys are playing, but do you guys have any health questions kind of going into this? I mean, I feel like everybody is as healthy as they're going to be for the most part, unless they're dealing with some surgery that would have ended the season regardless and the, and the postseason is all, you know, recovery anyway. But 
Do you guys feel like you have, a, you have a full team going into the playoffs and a, and a good chance? That is the one thing that's actually going our way. We are all good to go. We are we are all healed up. I believe Elk is going to be back. Clutterbuck's going to be back. I, we're, we're, we're stacked and ready to go. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked on that. So, I mean, we were knowing that Pelican was done for the year, but the fact that, you know, we're starting in August, he's back. So, I mean, he was, he just saw how much he actually meant to that defense of that team. Like, he goes down and the defense just completely fell apart. So, I'm, I'm pretty stoked on that, mostly. Get a so fair, that, fair shake of it. You get to see exactly how, how you guys are, how you hold up. I think that's great with what we get to see from every team. It's just we, we actually see how everyone measures. And can't think of another. We, we, me and Andrew have been talking about how we can't think of another time where it's been so level. And uh, you were speaking on momentum before as well. It's just like no one has momentum. So it's going to yeah, be interesting. Yeah, nobody. It's, like, it's basically starting a brand new season. Yeah. You know, like, especially for the Islanders. I mean, it was a pretty rocky end of it. Like, we were going to the direction of not even making the postseason. We went from winning 17 games in a row, that huge stretch of getting points, to like completely missing out. I think there was one point of the season we were second place in the league and yeah we just started falling apart little by little with injuries and I, I think you know hopefully this changed the whole momentum for us um, I mean but I'm not trying to say this because I'm on your podcast but I actually honestly feel like the Bruins are going to win it all yes, they, I think they're going to take it they're, that team is just so stacked and well, so big and fast and fun to watch so I wouldn't be surprised if you guys won Let's see, I think, let's see how many players we get to roll out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the that's the thing. It's all about who, you know, obviously right now we have an issue where David Pasternak hasn't been in practice for about a week at this point. He's been unfit to play every single time. Um, the word is that he was exposed to somebody who potentially had COVID or he was exposed to somebody who did have it. Um, and I think they're keeping him out for, you know, safety reasons because – you have to have X amount of positive or negative tests before you can come back to the team. And as far as I know, he doesn't have it because he is scheduled to be traveling with the team um, to Toronto tomorrow. But, I mean, if, if you take David Pasternak off the Bruins team, their chances go down significantly. I mean, they still have a great team, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, without him, the I mean, the, the probability of them winning absolutely goes down a good amount. I just, yeah, I, mean, I feel like, is there anybody on the Islanders that if, if one player were to go down, you're all, you think all of your chances are kind of out the window? Believe it or not, we do. And this actually, uh, my buddy Tom, that you know so well, his, his most hated player on the team is actually the one I feel like if he goes down, we're kind of screwed. It was Brock Nelson. He's the most consistent player on the team. Like, he might, he might not look like the flashiest player on the team, but every year he's filling it with goals and I think he's one of our big reasons why we you know we score for any amount that we did so if he goes down uh, I'm pretty worried there I think that there's a big there's a lot to be said about a player that's consistent although he may not be you know a superstar or whatever it may be you know that you know what you get with a certain player and I mean like you said he's kind of been that rock for you guys and you know what to expect um when he's out there I mean you're gonna get a, a good player and and it's just something that you know is going to happen where as you have some other players or every team has players where they're streaky or they just, you don't know what you're going to get. They may have, you know, hot hands at times, but then go cold for, for a month. 
and it's just tough. But you know, that's kind of that's I think why we love Bergeron so much is because yes, he is a superstar caliber player, but he's always he's always a great player regardless of whether or not he's scoring a bunch of goals or a bunch of assists. Like he brings things to the table in other ways, whether it's defensively or offensively or whatever it may be, leadership. And, you know, I think that you guys kind of have a similar player, like you said, in Brock Nelson. And also that with Anders Lee as well. I mean, he brings a lot to the table. I think he's one of the most confident captains that we've had in a long time. And I'm not just saying that I'm trying to, you know, overshadow Tavares, but, you know, you could see a player like that, like he'll have those hot and cold streaks. And he was never like a big leader in the locker room. But what I see now with Honors Lee, like he has like the team, they're all happy together. And I can, I mean, you see players taking uh, team friendly contracts now. They're, uh, you know, trying to keep the core together. And the fact that, you know, he's doing, willing to do whatever it takes to be out there. I mean, you know, he'll throw the gloves. He'll, he'll, uh, he pretty much does everything. So, I mean, he's another player like that that I would say. So, I mean, I wish those two, like between him and Brock Nelson, would get more respect of what they actually do deserve. You know, they're overshadowed by like Barzal, who I don't think is, all that great to be honest with you and I'm I might be the minority of saying that I, I think he's a little too flashy and he doesn't do a lot with the puck so I mean you know. I, th- I think the the people that disagree with you the the leg that they have to stand on is that he was your best scorer this year I mean if you look at points wise Barzal yeah far from that Brock Nelson actually was leading the team I'm I'm looking, a, I'm looking on NHL.com right now and it says Barzal had 60 points I'm talking points overall. Oh, point wise, I thought you were thinking goal wise. Well, he had 19 goals and 41 assists, and and Nelson had 26 goals, 28 assists. I think that we both know that we would take the goals over the over the other stats, um, in this situation because those have probably been what helped you win a lot of those 17 games that that streak that you were talking about. Um, yeah, but I think that that's the leg that people stand on when they talk about Barzal is that yeah, he is a flashy player. Not not as many goals, but a good amount of assists, which obviously assists are a huge part. Um, but, you know, you see it a lot more than we do because we just see him as being this up-and-coming player. You see him every night. And, you know, he's going to be looking for a big payday, and he's not even really close to that superstar level that a lot of the other players like Panarin and some of these other guys in the league that just got paid are are – like reaching for on money wise. See, we we've also had this discussion before about the money situation too. Like, what I'm hoping they don't go that route, right? Because we've seen firsthand that this, that whole like let's pay the player as much as we possibly can. It's it's usually like that one thing that you want to decide: do you want to be on a team that you want to win, or do you just there to get paid? Because those type of contracts, when you have such a low salary cap, it destroys teams, right? Big time. So I mean, you don't see a lot of teams that win have those type of caliber of players. Uh, I mean, look at Edmonton. It fell apart. Uh, Chicago was the prime example of that. You know, you pay the Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane and fall from grace right there. Yeah. They had to give up everybody. So, I mean, if you think about it, if you want to give Barzal that type of money, we're not going to have money for anybody else. So in this, in this NHL, is he a $6 million player? You mean like Barzell? pre-COVID? Like, well, I'm just talking, you know, yeah, assuming that like, COVID didn't happen. Yeah. You think that he's a $6 million player? I think he deserves it. I mean, I'd rather give him five. Yeah, but of course. But also in this, type of, in this type of NHL, he's going to want nine. Right. Well, that, that's, that's, that's why I'm really hurt Yeah. That's so, why I was I mean, curious what you thought he was worth. 
I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be complete Barzal hater. I think it's more on the fact that his contract's coming up and it's rumor and speculation of how much they want to give him. And when you start throwing that money away, you know, you don't want to be like a Toronto where you don't know what's going to happen to that team in the next couple of years. Nobody wants to be Toronto. They can't even make it out of the first <laughs> round. Yeah. And especially with a whole lot of superstars, and they can't even do that. So, yep. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just you see it firsthand, and when your team is going in the right direction after suffering for so, so long, I mean, being the laughing stock of the NHL for so long, you finally start to see that slim of light where you get that coach, that, that top-tier caliber coach, top-tier caliber GM, and owners who actually care, and you're starting to build, and you see yourself progressing and passing the first round, going to the second round, actually get, like making conversation through the NHL. I mean, for the longest time, you go to the NHL store in New York City, and the Islanders section's not even there, and we're a New York team. Jeez. So, I mean, when you finally start seeing yourself build up, the last thing you want to do is just throw that all away just to pay somebody that type of money. It's, it's a little crazy. I mean, like when Everly is taking less money from his previous contract just to be able to save the team, you kind of want to see that whole culture stay there where the team actually cares about winning other than just getting repeat. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone deserves their payday and stuff like that. But at a certain point where you're a hockey player for the NHL, and was the salary cap now at 89 mil? Uh, it's so, something, yeah, it's something like that. So, I mean, if you're giving somebody 12 or even 10, that's like, what are you supposed to do to work around that? Right. You know, so you got two good players and then the rest of the team is just garbage. That's not how you're going to win Stanley Cups. So, so uh, I, I, go ahead. So, I was just saying, like, that's something I you can have that type of player they can throw all the jerseys they want but if you're going back to a, being a losing team like what does it matter at that point you know I, I for once in my life I want to see us go past the second round and maybe go to the Stanley Cup or even fight for it or anything you know it's just you always want to see the building block going further and further and further and further and I feel like the team that we have now and you just keep building with it little by little little by little you'll get to that point it's just, it's just so heartbreaking to think that there is a possibility you can go backwards. So I just want to make the right moves for that. So I, I always said for the past probably 10 years while watching the Islanders and while going to games out there and with you guys and all that, that the one thing that I felt like this, I'm talking, you know, while you guys still had Tavares, the one thing that I felt you guys were missing the most was goaltending. And I, I think that I changed my mind on that recently because when I saw that you guys got Barry Trotz, I think that anything is possible with a coach that a coach like him. I mean, he is one of the best coaches there is in the league. I mean, and you guys lucked out with that. And he wants to be there, and he wants to build this team. And I feel like with him behind the, the bench, I mean, it changed the entire – the whole entire mindset of the team. I know that the Tavares thing got everybody fired up too, but, I mean, he knew how – he knows how to, to run a team. And I think that, you know, keeping him for a long time is going to give you guys a much better shot of getting to that second, third, and so on. I mean, it's it's a huge game changer. So I mean, we saw it firsthand, like, one of the big steps. So, like, year with Tavares left, right before we got Barry Trotz, I think we had the worst or second-worst defense in the entire league, the most goals against. The year Barry Trotz comes in, we have top three defense. Yeah. So, I mean, it does make a big difference yeah and we also gave a lot of people a lot of problems so it's you know it's a good thing to see especially with that and not to mention on top of that next year the white whale comes in Sokarin's coming 
Oh, Long boy. Island, he signed that contract. And I saw that. That's, uh, I think, that's, uh, that's a game changer right there. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for that one. So, so we'll see what happens. We got a solid defense, solid goaltending, and you know, we just got to score a little bit more, and could be a dangerous team. I mean, you know that they'll be hyped up when they get into the new stadium and when they get they get a really nice goalie in there. And if he's doing well, I mean, it, people, you know, teams teams really rally around a good goaltender. They want to play well in front of him. But um, let's talk real quick again about this year. So say that you know Barzal and Nelson and all of them, they're all they're all rolling. Your defense is playing well, and you have a great coach. You make it past the first round. Who who do you not want to play? moving forward? Like, is there a team out there that you feel like there's just no shot or that you're going to beat them? Yeah, the Bruins. <laughs> 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 I'm not even saying, you know, firsthand. You go in there when you came to the Coliseum, you knew it was a sure shot win. We get blown out by the Bruins every time. And That's I, like the one team we can't beat. I mean, I didn't, I didn't tee that up as like an easy question for me, but like I, I was being genuine because, the, you know, there's teams that I don't want to play. I don't want to play Washington. But it's kind of a similar thing. I mean, we have a hard time beating Washington. It, it's, it just depends on the matchup. Like, Washington's a good team. We do so well against Washington. Like, we destroy them every time. Yeah. Tampa Bay, we destroy them. Yeah, that's the how we feel about Tampa, too. Problem, it's for some reason, we can't beat the Bruins. I think there was a stat that we haven't beaten the Bruins on our own home ice in like six years or seven years or something like that. Yeah, it's really great. That's why I always come out there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Smart thanks, ticket, Andrew. <laughs> Smart well, ticket. It's not to hang out with your friend. Well, that's the that's <laughs> the second reason, but I always come out for a win. Yeah, no, it, it's scary. It's like That's the one team I'm never confident against, and I'm going to be honest with that. It's just there's something about them. It's like the players show up when we play against them. It sucks. Like Tuca becomes like the world's greatest goaltender every time we play. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you. This is a good point. Uh, who? So who do you want? Do you want Tampa? Do you want Washington? Do you want Philadelphia? If you say you do get through Florida, who do you want of the top four? I think. I think we would get Tampa. If we beat Florida, I think we do get Tampa. I'm pretty it, sure on that. Yeah, yeah you, you very well could, but is, is that the team that you want to play, or do you feel like you match up better against someone else? I, I actually do want Tampa. Yeah. Only for the fact that I want redemption. Because with the last, the first time we got to the second, actually, this is the same exact lineup as the when we beat the Panthers in the first round. The second round was against Tampa Bay, and we lit them up the first game, and we just choked after that. I kind of want redemption for that. And Tampa Bay, like we do very, very well against them. I think yeah. this year there was a game that we beat them six nothing. It was a year prior to that, and I, I, I just want that redemption back. So I would, I would love, I would love that matchup. Look, I, I have nothing against Tampa. I have no reason to not like them. Um, we've always done fairly well against them for the most part. Um, but there's just something about seeing them lose that I like a lot. Yeah, because yeah, it's Rangers South. <laughs> the Rangers of the South. <laughs> It's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, that's when one the thing. Dump their players. They go over there. That's one thing that we can always agree on is that we hate the Rangers. Oh God, them and their fan base are the worst. If anyone here that's actually listening that's a Ranger fan right now, I don't care. You guys suck. <laughs> you guys are the worst. The absolute worst. Like you never see that that meme where it's uh, was it Gumbag Steve? They have like the hat on and like the big furry coat and everything. Yeah, that's literally a Ranger fan. <laughs> that's what they call it. That's the Ranger fan. I believe it. They 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 don't know what the hell is going on. They still scream pop and suck. They think it's a fucking soup. 
That's, they really think it's a soup or something. They don't even know who Poppin is. They don't know why they scream it. And and they only show up when the, when the playoffs start. And the only thing they know how to say is, yo, King Wunquist is the best. <laughs> he never won anything. So, like, what, what, what's he the best at? What's he the king of? No, the king of nothing. The okay. king of absolutely nothing. So I always found it weird, or I always found it strange that you are an Islander fan and you hate the Rangers, but you're a Knicks fan. Ah, well, that was our only basketball team. I suppose that's I, true. Well, I was always a Knicks fan ever since I was a kid. You know, you know, losing because the colors, the Michael Jordan. Well, that <laughs> you know, losing the Michael Jordan. So yeah, yeah. I was kind of used to losing being a Mets, Jets, and Islanders and Knicks fan. So you know, got that losing culture behind me. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was. Uh, was it Anthony Mason was one of my favorite players. Patrick Ewing. I grew up with that whole era, so it's you that's know, fair. Yeah, you can, once you're once you're a fan of something, that's you know that's it. And also at the time, Dolan didn't own the team. I mean, they played in the same arena. But oh, the glory days, right? Yeah, right. So, you know, when they actually had a an owner that actually knew what he was doing. So, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do with that one too? That that team is a disaster. So it doesn't even matter. But I mean, the Jets are a laughing stock too. I mean, the Jets made a highlight news today. You see all that stuff? Not for anything good. <laughs> you know what else did the Jets do? Uh, what? Uh, Jamal Adams, yeah, he's on. Yeah, yep. Seattle, right? Well, Saw that. Yeah. But Speaking of Seattle, the Kraken. Yeah. Ooh, the crackheads. What do you? Yeah, the crackheads. If I was the play-by-play guy, I'd open everyone and be like, "What's cracking, Seattle?" <laughs> we're, we're definitely gonna obnoxious. have to make a trip. We're gonna have to make a trip to the crack house for sure. I'm so down. The crack house, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that logo on the jersey? I can't believe I, the S is their main logo. It just feels like they have a secondary logo as a main logo to me. And then it's like the secondary is just the too. anchor. And I'm just like, what? I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I it's, think it's like I, a weird one. I would have loved the S on the shoulders and then a, a better logo on the front. But I, I like the jerseys. I mean, I think they look good. I, yeah, I think the color and the cut is great. I, 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 gen, I back it. But yeah, just the so, logo doesn't do it for me. Real, real quick, because I know, I know that Grambo's about to tear this apart. For people that don't know, Tim, I don't know if you actually know this. Grambo did the balcony chatter logo. Oh shit! Hell yeah! So he he is uh, very good at graphic design professionally, actually. Um, and I every time that we talk about jerseys that come out, because we both collect jerseys, and he collects more than I do. I strictly just do brew and stuff for the most part, but. We always have a conversation where something is wrong about the jerseys or the logo or whatever the color scheme. So I, I'd like to hear your actual thoughts on the on the jersey and the logo itself. See, I I went into depth on this and I actually did a little bit of research on it. You know, listen to like the designers and designers, and you know they give their reasons. And usually they dabble about a lot of things that don't mean anything. That's usually right. the design culture. But there's a couple things I like about it and a couple things I don't. And if I can get you know a little nitty-gritty about it. The one thing I do love, I'm a big fan of creating stuff with negative space. So they, they check that off nicely. Like one of my favorite logos of all time is the Heart for Whalers. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Very, very close. You can see that H right in there. Beautiful. So simple, so elegant, smart, and beautiful. So the fact that they have like the negative space and it creates that octopus arm, like the Kraken arm, it's, it's a nice touch. But the only thing I don't like about it is the letter forms that they used on it. 
because it reminds me, and I know it's like one of those things where you, as a designer, you want to look over and over and over and over, and make sure you're not representing something else. And for some reason, I'm drawing a blank. But what's that, um, that seltzer company? Was it Siegmans or something like that? Seltzer, like just regular seltzer or hard seltzer? It, no, the regular seltzer. It's like Segmans, Siegmans. Oh, Seagrims Sieg, or whatever it's called. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seagrims. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mess. Oh. It's the same mess as the logo. Okay. So, like, look at it. I just think Seltzer Company. So, oh. <laughs> see, you you think that because you're a designer. Like, I would never, I would never see that. Now I'm not gonna not see it. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like weird. I had this discussion with my girlfriend earlier too. It's so weird because I look at the Vegas Golden Knights logo, and I'm like, yeah, that's a crest that you can get behind. Okay, yeah. a crest that represents something like the crest that you would never step on. Right. I see the S, and it's just like, eh, I get why they did the S. For, you know, representing like a little notch back to the Seattle Metropolitan. Yeah. But it's also not the same type of S. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, like in elementary school, you used to draw the six lines and you make that S. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's the same same style. But, I mean, there's smart things about it. I like the little I in there. But there's something about it. I know you're going to disagree with me on it. And I thought about it over and over and over and over again. It just feels like an NHL logo. It doesn't feel like an NHL caliber I am proud of this logo. It's a good logo. It looks nice. But there's something about it. It's not to that NHL calc. If that makes any sense. I felt I like mean, I could make like it in NHL right? 20. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. If, <laughs> if it doesn't work out, I feel like they'll they'll rebrand within the next couple of years, and it'll be all well and good, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that was cool. Now it's only, you know, we use it as a shoulder patch, and that's about it. I had a little throwback to it. Yeah, I could see it eventually. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> It was a lot of better names. Like, don't get me wrong. This is not like a name where I'm, I'm like, ah, you know, it's, I'm not too happy about it. Yeah. But there was better names that were in the drawing. You know, there was something more that can represent, you know, Seattle to a better than just, you know, calling the Kraken. Like, if you're going with the S, like, I would have, like, do, do like the double S name, like Seattle Sirens or something like that, or something that makes a little bit more sense, like more nautical. Like, because that's exactly what they're trying to go for, that nautical look. Yeah. So, I mean, the Kraken's cool. It's not NHL caliber, if you ask me. There's something about it. It just doesn't feel like fully NHL professional. It feels like AHL. That's fair. So, there's something about it. I don't know. Maybe my growing on me, because I know when I when I watched the whole documentary about like you know them designing the Golden Knights jersey, it's like I saw everything. You know, the, from the negative space creating that beat, the backstory behind it, the colorways, the representation of a lot of things. And the colors are cool, don't get me wrong, and I know what they're trying to go for. It's uh you know with that baby blue to the dark blue to the red. Yeah. It's like the thing about the sky to the depths of the water and that red wine is like the creature that flies to meet the ocean, basically the Kraken. So it does make sense what they did with that. But I don't know, with the amount of time they had, like eighteen months, they could have eh, I was expecting a little bit more. That's probably it. That's fair. So but bef- before before we let you go, I want to ask you. I want to do like a kind of like a lightning round of questions where you just give me an answer. I got like four or five questions for you. Um, just give me. You don't have to give me an explanation on it, but I'm curious on your take on it. Sounds good. So, who do you who do you believe is the most overrated team going into the this playoff? Maple Leafs. Oh, and the Rangers. Not just <laughs> yeah, I'm a Ranger just gotta throw that no, in. No, there. I'm not, no, no, I'm not just saying it because I'm I'm a, I'm a Ranger hater, but. That's like another team that, you know, they threw around the big bucks again with Panarin and 
think they own the world and a couple players got hot here and there. So everyone thinks now they're going to be the best thing in the world. I, I think they're going to choke. They're too young. I think yeah. they're going to choke. And they, the they definitely have a lot of clout. Yeah, so much clout. And they and there's nothing to back it up, really. You know, no, they, yeah. they It's just like injuries have great. healed, the, which wouldn't speak to any chemistry of any sort. Like... Yeah, and it, especially the Maple Leafs. That's, that's number one. And I'm not just saying that because of the whole Tavares thing. It's just that GM has no clue what he's doing, and they think they're the hottest hottest thing on the block and i don't i don't i don't think so well i, li- I, I like that answer so round. yeah uh, they're gonna get knocked out the first round who who is the first player that's gonna get covid during this whole thing <laughs> austin matthews round two wow <laughs> i think i i thought you were gonna say Tavares. no i think i think matthews might get it because because this is the problem with the whole covid thing like once people get it they think it's like oh i'm in the face on now you can get it a second time. My cousin got it twice. Yeah, so, and, and he doesn't follow the rules whatsoever anyway, uh, Matthews. No. He's probably going to moon a reporter again and probably get COVID that way. <laughs> <laughs> who who do you think the first superstar that's going to be in the playoffs this year will be that will go down to injury? Oof. There's I always one. I mean, it feels like a death pool. Because if, if I say the answer and I'm right, I'm going to be blacklisted from watching hockey ever again. Well, let's that, just say that's why I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> Who? Let's say Panarin. Okay. Let's say Panarin. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah um, so a Ranger won't make you feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're <laughs> you're pulling for there. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they hate me over there, and, and I'm not even allowed in the Central Center, so they hate me too over there. So <laughs> they know oh, the the Metropolitan teams can hate me. <laughs> Um, and the last one that I have is, who do you think is the sleeper, like the underdog in the in the playoffs this year? The New York Islanders, baby. Uh, I, I suppose I sort of like set that one up for you, but I was kind of thinking you were going to say someone else. Nah, baby. Islanders, you, just you watch. We're going past that second round this year. Well, Redemption time. Who's coming out of the West? What was that? Who's coming out of the West? I could definitely tell you no California teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who who is probably? It's got to be Vegas. Yeah, right? we think Vegas. I think so, but that's like an obvious one. You, you know what I mean? They're, they're pretty consistent. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to pick like a real underdog team for for the West. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of like a real sleeper team, like one that everyone's like, there's no way. They only made it in because of so many teams got in. I'm trying to think of one that would probably be that way. Well, I'll, tell you, weird, I'll tell you the team that I don't want to play in the finals. Who's it, that? Colorado. Oh. I, yeah. I, I think that, that scary. They, yeah, they have That's a nasty scary. team. That team is scary. Yeah. That, talk about sleeper. I completely forgot about them. Damn! Yeah, no, that team. That team is crazy. Yeah, if you go against them, man, good luck. Yeah. Or, or for me, or if my Islanders take them out, we'll go down in the history with the five cups. Oh man! Back and then back. never another. <laughs> oh man! Actually, I gotta say one thing about that, man. If if I if they win a cup this year, I uh, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about that, man. Like I've been season tickets for so damn long. Yeah. My dream is to be there for a cup. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I'll be happy. But I don't know how I really feel about it. My team finally won the cup. First time in my lifetime of any of my teams winning. And I'm not there. See, I feel the same way. 
but I mean, I know that you're going to give me a hard time because I've been to the finals and all that, but if we were to win the cup this year, it would feel a little bit different for me. I mean, I would love to be there for when it happened. And the fact that you can't I mean, be there is just different. I mean, that's primarily the main reason. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, that's primarily one of the biggest reasons why I've been a season ticket holder for so long. Right. I mean, the whole Brooklyn thing with the fiasco, I mean, that's not getting home at 2 o'clock in the morning. But you, you hold on to that hope that you could be there to watch Magic. I, I mean, even when we passed the first round, and it was the first time in forever, when we beat the Panthers, dude, I cried. And I'm not ashamed to admit that, dude. That, that, that's like to be there in person and be able to be jumping on your friends and screaming and cheering and the team's going crazy and everything. It's just like, it's an experience that you, you I, I would give a million dollars for to relive those moments. Yeah. And to, be, and to not be there for the Stanley Cup. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I would be so happy but so bummed at the same time. Well, I mean, the, the way that you can look at it is that it that would mean that you guys have a bright future moving forward. I mean, you got to think that if they were to win the cup, that they're not slowing down. I mean, they're not going just for one. I mean, that's the aspect of any team, but you know, every year teams change. That's true. You know, especially nowadays, every every that one piece, you never know. It might just be that crappy third liner that you would never think twice about as the game changer. It's just always that one piece. It especially goes back to the nineteen eighties. Butch Goring with that final piece to get them all those Stanley Cups. Yep. And you don't think of Butch Goring like that. You think of Bobby Nystrom, Bossy, Billy Smith, Trotty, and you think of all these guys. But Butch Goring was that final piece again to where they needed to be. So, like, you can win the Cup, but then what happens if we lose Casey Zizekas? Right. That could be the final piece, you know, and then I'll never see a Cup in my lifetime. That is my greatest fear is to never see a championship. That is my greatest fear of all time. So I hope, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen. Well, I mean, I want to tell you good luck, and I want things to go well for the Islanders, but I also know that if we play each other in the playoffs, that it ain't going to go that well for the Islanders. So as, as much fun as it is, <laughs> uh, we'll be on the phone with each other, ragging on each other the whole time, and, and – talking about the games and stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. I, To be honest with you, I hope we play each other. I hope every year that in the playoffs that we play the Islanders because I want to come down there to a playoff game, and I want, you know, it, it would be fun. And it, we're, we're, both, we're both hockey fans at the end of the day, so we, we like good hockey. Obviously, we want to win. But there have been times where, um, you know, we've watched – I've we've seen the Islanders lose, and I'll call you and we'll talk about whatever happened, and – and it ends up being that the better team ended up winning, and you you know that depending on the series. I mean, if if it was the better team won, then you acknowledge that. I mean, you know good hockey when it when it happens. So yeah, and you, that's all you can do at the end of the day. Is you can't be a sore loser unless it's against the Rangers. You can never be a sore <laughs> loser. I mean, that's that's. I root for two teams at all times. I root for the Islanders and whoever's playing against the Rangers. There you that's go. That's the only yeah. team I've ever been salty for. <laughs> and and. We'll we'll, de- we'll let you end it on on a uh, a Rangers, you know, little hate speech that you got there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so thank you again for coming on. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Anthony Grambo from the band Resistor. Yeah, thank you, man. By the way, thanks for the uh, logo too. No problem. <laughs> new. <laughs> I, I do want to say one more thing, um, and you you hopefully can give me a little bit of information on this, but new Resistor uh, Dead Air music video out on YouTube now. So everybody check that out. We'll definitely link it when we put up this episode. Um, 
and obviously check out Resistor on everything, right? Yep, we are Resistor on everything, even including TikTok. That Instagram, Facebook, uh, on every streaming platform, YouTube, pretty much everything you can think of, we're on there. So keep going hard and keep putting out more material. And luckily enough, the, this song was doing pretty well and got released yesterday, and I'm pretty stoked on it. Just keep on making that angry music and <laughs> keep moving forward and and, ha- and hanging that resistor banner in the back of Nassau College. You know, so. <laughs> yep, until, until you get the move to, to what is it, UBS? Yeah, is that what it is? The United Bank of Switzerland, yeah. Oh, good. Swiss, Swiss <laughs> United Bank. Bank of Switzerland. <laughs> Wait, what's it called? The United Bank of Switzerland at Belmont Park Arena. Oh, That's good. That's exactly what it's called. Wow. Really rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah. It gets it tight. <laughs> yeah, man, it's the hours. We've got to make a disaster of everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck in the playoffs. Everybody check out Resistor. We're going to link that stuff for you guys. Um, and thank you again. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. So Anthony Grambo from Resistor, uh, longtime Islander fan, uh, season ticket holder. Fun to get another perspective. Like we said in the last few episodes, it's it's really fun to be able to get the perspective of, you know, some people who aren't just talking about Boston all the time and what they might think of the scenarios of this thing that we've never seen before. It's funny though that he, you know, he, <laughs> we we deliberately do that to get different perspectives, and he he says uh, he thinks we're going to win it all. <laughs> that that was pretty funny, but uh, yeah, and and he, you know, I know he's not just saying that because he's on here. I think that he again he knows good hockey when when it when it happens and when it exists, and he knows that the Bruins are a good team this year yeah. and that they have as good a shot as anybody to win it, if not one of the best. Yeah, and I think they are a good dark horse. Who? Uh, the Islanders. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I mean, again, uh, going into this postseason with with a fully healthy team, everybody, everyone that's playing is a professional hockey player, regardless of whether they're, they're a superstar or, you know, a bottom-pairing uh, defenseman. They're still a professional hockey player. They they're doing something right. Yeah. So you never see a healthy team going into the playoffs. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So now you're gonna see everyone healthy, and we're gonna get some good hockey. Yeah. And I felt I didn't want to say this as explicitly as I meant to, because I, I don't want to sound like I'm talking down as like a Bruins fan or whatever. But you know, for every team, it's you get a fair measurement, and if you if you get bounced, you you you'll see where you need help. You know exactly. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, there's no what ifs. Well, there's less no what, what ifs. ifs. There's no what ifs until all the COVID cases start breaking. But yeah. until then, there's no what ifs. There she is. There she is. Um, so, I mean, like we said, we're we're recording this on the 25th. They start traveling to Toronto tomorrow. Everyone will be in the bubble by the time this comes out. Um, so. By our next episode, we'll have some updates on whether or not we have a David Pasternak or or a Kashe or what. We, we're going to have a lot more of an idea on what our team might look like going into the round robin tournament because I, I'm also curious who is going to be playing in the first exhibition game. Is it going to be everyone? Is it going to be um, the bench? You know, the the backup guys plus a handful of the the normal players or what are we going to get? So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens coming up. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Nice to have basketball back. Yep. About to have hockey back. August is going to be, it's going to be something. 
Finally, finally a month that we can look forward to, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, we're going to have some more updates soon and we'll, we'll jump on, um, probably, uh, my guess is we'll wait for that exhibition game to happen and then we'll kind of break down what has been going on with the Celtics, what's been going on with the Bruins, um, see where we stand with rosters. Maybe we have some Kemba information. Maybe we have some pasta information. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how the game's going. We'll go from there. Hell yeah, man. Can't wait. All right, let's. Let's uh let's catch up soon. Let's not get the coronavirus. coronavirus. Stay inside, everybody. Wear a mask. <laughs> Stay inside. <laughs>